When the full moon is at its highest, and its pale glow illuminates the countless terrors of the evening, you'll know it's time for the Pike Horror Show. Hello everybody, my name is Richard, and welcome to the Pike Horror Show, the only podcast hosted by a guy with bad opinions, so that's exciting. And today I'm going to talk to you about something that we've all seen, movies, just kidding, Uh, movie reviews, which can range anywhere from extremely helpful to not helpful at all to uh, downright misleading. And I really feel that horror movies suffer from this the most, especially because everyone gets something different from a movie. And before I get going, I just wanted to do a quick disclaimer. I don't know everything that goes into reviews or the process of reviewing or how someone can look at something and give it a a score, like a a concrete number or, I don't know, stars. And it's all completely objective. Everyone is looking for something different when they watch movies or, or take in any form of art but nothing can really exist without reviews or without people tearing it apart just because that's so expected. So professional critics get kind of put up on this pedestal because their opinion actually matters. You know, it goes into award ceremonies, uh, popularity. If if like Rotten Tomatoes gives it a fresh, you get to stamp that right on, on the poster. And sites like Rotten Tomatoes present the critic score and the user score side by side so you can kind of get a a full picture, which I think is very useful, but that user score isn't being put into account on anything. It's just sort of there. So if critics give it 100% across the board, but people are saying, ah, this this isn't even that good. This is coming in at like a 50 on average. That, That number is sort of disregarded. And I'm not saying critic reviews are totally useless or misleading or anything like that. There's just clearly something going on there that's different than the general public. I don't know if they have their own sort of checklist they need to abide by or if each individual person has a checklist they abide by and there's a lot of crossover. I'm just not sure. But the frustrating thing is even if critics are giving it high 90s and let's say user scores are giving it mid 90s, you could still watch it as just sort of an individual and still not like it, and that's perfectly that's perfectly reasonable. And just a quick example, hopefully not to uh, expose myself too much here. The movie Let the Right One In has a 98% critic rating and a 90% user rating. So high 90s critics, still in the 90s user rating. But I didn't really care for that movie at all, if, to be completely honest. I didn't think it was great. Not so much that I hated it or anything, but when I looked up reviews for it and saw the these high, high marks, I was flabbergasted so i clearly have no idea what anyone is looking for which kind of got the ball rolling on this episode so what i did was i found the top 100 horror movies on rottentomatoes.com um basically all the information in this entire episode is directly from there and just kind of a disclaimer if it seems like i'm being critical of the site i'm not i'm only being critical of the numbers i found on the site which i wouldn't have even seen if it wasn't for the site. So this, the site is the, the good guy in this entire entire discussion. So what I did is I went through this ranking of the top 100 horror movies, and as I scrolled through, it became very clear it was highest rated according to the critic score, not, not like a combination. And as I went through it, what I started seeing were these huge discrepancies between the, the critic score and the user score. More specifically, the critic score would be very high and the user score would be very meh, or even sometimes bad. I just wanted to go through some of these titles because a lot of them are probably movies you've heard of, but you've probably heard of them because they are quote-unquote critically acclaimed, but the user rating goes completely against that, so I just kind of wanted to explore them. I have a lot of examples, so I'm not going to go super in-depth on each title, I just kind of wanted to touch on each one. Like, A Girl Who Walks Home Alone at Night, a little wordy, uh, a black and white, 
kind of artsy horror movie that has a 96% critic score and a 75% user score. Cabin in the Woods, kind of a twist on the classic horror genre, that has a 92% and a 74% user rating. The Lighthouse, uh, a black and white movie where Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe are best friends, they uh, bang a seagull, I don't remember, I only saw it once, uh, has a Critic score 90%, user score of 72. The movie Host, which is filmed entirely in like Zoom or Skype video calling, um, has a 100% critic rating, but a 72% user rating. So on average, critics said, this is a perfect movie. And viewers watched it and said, it's a C. You know, that's such a huge divide in my head. It follows a movie that I've heard a ton of people talk about both in person and like on the internet has a 96% critic rating, a 66 user rating. La Llorona, which is produced by James Wan and it's in the Conjuring universe, got a 96 with critics, but a 61 with users. Possessor Uncut, a circumcision story. That's a joke. I just, for some reason, Uncut got put into my notes, but it is a 94 from critics and a 59 from users. So this, we're getting under the 60 mark. The movie Us, written and directed by Jordan Peele, has a 93% by critics and a 59 from users. The Witch, or if you're me and my friends, the Vavitch, has a 50% by critics and a 56% by users. And Relic, which has a 92% by critics and a 51% by users. I put Relic at the bottom because it has the lowest user rating of any of the movies on my, on my list, but also I watched Relic because it had such high reviews. And then when I watched it, I thought, 90% seems a little high for this. I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm not even really giving it a review. I just, I had trouble believing somebody saw it, gave it an A, and then enough people thought that to give it an average rating of 92. I don't have an explanation why the user rating and the critic rating have such a huge difference between them. I don't even have like a fix. I don't even know if it needs a fix. All I have is questions. Like, what's the value of these reviews besides, like, award shows and, and advertising? Can I, Mr. Mr. Layman, can I just go online, look up a movie, see the reviews, and take anything away from it? Should should I disregard it immediately as, like, oh, I can't trust this? Or or should I take it as, as gospel and I should just know that I'm watching something great? And what happens if you watch a movie that's critically acclaimed and you don't like it? Does that mean that your opinion is, isn't is valid anymore? Does it mean that you didn't pick up the right notes? What, what am I supposed to take away from that? What that brought me to is kind of the realization that I think reviews have a place to sort of set up guidelines, but mostly are nonsense. Like, some movies can be great from, like, a movie standpoint, but they're not any fun. Like, they're not fun to watch. Or movies could be garbage compared to, like, the standard of what cinema needs to be, but be a blast, and you can enjoy it all the way through. I'm not sure what number would incorporate either of those examples. Do you say, oh, this this checked every box, so it's perfect, but you, you end up watching a three-hour drag that nobody enjoys, as opposed to a movie that we can all kind of agree isn't very good, but we still enjoy a lot. You can't, because I don't think either of them deserve, like, perfect movie what rotten tomato should do is have a little check mark that says bad movie bad fun movie and then that gets checked so you're like okay this is like a four percent but hey it's got the little check mark so we're gonna we're gonna have fun everybody i'm kidding of course or maybe i'm not i don't know i'm sure this problem affects all genres and all types of movies as well as every type of art but i felt it was particularly present in horror movies 
And despite all these discrepancies, it doesn't even seem to matter. The movies with these high critic ratings are going to be popular and, and posted everywhere. And the ones with low ones aren't. But that's that's not even true. Like, that's how I want it to be. But that isn't how it happens. I would say pretty confidently that Insidious is one of the most famous, uh, probably one of the most mainstream horror movie franchises but it has a 66 critic rating and a 62 user rating. So it's not critically acclaimed, and it's not even really a fan favorite. But despite that, there are three other Insidious movies, and none of them get over 60% critic or fan rating. The movie Sinister is in a similar boat. It has a 63% critic rating and a 61% user rating. But it, oh, it got a sequel anyway, and the sequel has a 15% critic rating and a 31% user rating. The 2014 movie Ouija got 6% critic rating and 24% user rating. But it still got a sequel somehow. It, it, the sequel, uh, Ouija Origin of Evil, came out a few years later and has an 82% critic rating and a 57% user rating. So it still has that discrepancy, and it came from a movie that had downright bad reviews so they, how are all these movies that aren't getting critical or fan acclaim getting these sequels i posed that question but i have no answer i don't have any clue personally my main takeaway from all this data is that it doesn't matter reviews don't matter it, it, and that's and that's okay I, I think they're a little misleading but i don't know if they even intend to be here's a little richard life hack look up a movie you want to see look at the critic rating and then look at the user rating and assume it's going to kind of hang out in between those. Even if I don't think this is necessarily true, just assume that critics like bad stuff and users hate good stuff. I don't know. It, it fits in there somewhere. And this has all just been about Rotten Tomatoes. Like, we haven't even touched on the idea of asking, like, your friends and family for movie recommendations. Because that is, I would say, even a bigger crapshoot. Everyone goes into a movie expecting or wanting something, even if they can't tell you what it is. And if that is matched or, or not matched, that really kind of changes how they perceive it. Even if they saw it when they were tired or if they were distracted, you know, it could really be a lot of stuff. There's even a little bit of like maturity and understanding with recommending a movie to someone. And then they're like, hey, I just straight up didn't like that. And not being defensive about it, just understanding that it it did something for you that it didn't do for them. And that's and that's OK. Personally, I like old movies and straight up bad movies. So if I watch like a, a crappy slasher from the 70s, I'm, I'm good. I'm enjoying that. I'm, ha I'm having a blast. But it's really hard to recommend that to people. But at the same time, you get kind of a safety net when it's people you know, because you can recommend a movie and they can say, is it good? And you could say, no, <laughs> it, it isn't, but you should watch it anyway. I don't know. Even my favorite horror movie, The Thing, is kind of hard to recommend to people because... For me, it's this great story of like tense isolation and and who done it and not really understanding what's going on and it has this monster that doesn't conform to what you'd expect it to. But for other people, it might just be people playing in the snow and not doing anything. So the slow burn is replaced with boring and then the monster is replaced with cheesy and if you're like distracted, you're missing stuff and it doesn't make any sense and it's just it's just a it's hit or miss whenever you you try and recommend something. But on the flip side, if you hate every movie I recommend to you, then you know to avoid the movies I like. So it's all about finding these these pearls of wisdom. I'm getting a, a little off track here, but kind of looping back, all the movies I talked about are relatively recent. You know, I don't think any of them are too terribly old. But five of the top ten entries on the top 100 horror movie list on Rotten Tomatoes were 
released in the 1960s or earlier. So they, they were old. So I think a problem there is that old movies can be kind of grandfathered in and put up on a pedestal, even by modern reviewers, because they're trying to avoid any real scrutiny of them. I think people worry about criticizing an old, like, critically acclaimed movie because they think it'll discredit their opinion as a critic. And, and I don't know, maybe it would? I don't know what that world is, but that's, like, the problem. Movie reviews are so personal, and no one should have to tiptoe around expectations or anything, because all that ends up happening is movies don't get reviewed genuinely, and the people who are interested in reviews, or your review specifically, they don't get the authentic opinion, they don't get the every piece of the puzzle for it. So even modern reviewers will look at these old things and be like, yeah, King Kong from 1933, it's the perfect film, I don't know. I'm starting to get a little rambly, uh, but before I go, I just wanted to share a few extra notes that I found while while doing research for this episode. Sometimes critics and users on Rotten Tomatoes, they get along. Like Alien, for example, uh, has a 98% by critics and a 94% by users, so they're on the same page for that. Silence of the Lambs got a 95% by critics and also a 95% by users, so they're really in sync on that one. The other thing I wanted to share was a, a quote from a review of Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds from 1963. The Rotten Tomato rating isn't super important to it, but it does have a 95% critic rating and an 83 user rating. The review was written by Dwight MacDonald for Esquire magazine on October 1st, 1963, so the year it came out, and uh, the quote is, the only characters in the film who aren't bird brains are the birds, and I thought that was great. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Pike Horror Show. If you liked what you heard, feel free to follow and, and check out some of the older episodes. There's a lot of new and exciting stuff coming in the future. Also, if you have any suggestions or recommendations, or you just want to stay in touch, my Twitter account should be in the show notes, as well as a link to the Top 100 Horror Movies page on Rotten Tomatoes, which I use for basically all of the information on this episode. I'm Richard. Thanks for listening.